0: There's really not a single week that goes by that I don't get a question from a client. Sometimes it's an email forwarded to me. It's a marketing email that they received and they say, hey, Christy, do you know anything about this? Hey, Christy, have you heard of this? And what happens is there's a lot of people that are targeting podcasters for new networks, new distribution platforms, new ways that all of a sudden they're gonna be able to just sit back and create content and this other entity will grow and monetize their podcast for them. And so I wanted to talk about some of those today to sort of clear the air and make you feel like you know a little bit more before you make a decision. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference, monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hosler. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today and for spending a few minutes here with me. And I'm the CEO of Team Podcast and we just do full service podcast production. We produce, gosh, about 350 episodes every single month for some of the biggest independent podcasters in the iTunes charts and that sort of thing. And we just really love being able to create content and help the podcasters that we work with create content. But one thing that's even better is when we help our podcasters monetize. And that has really become my heartbeat over the last three or so years for podcasters to break out of this almost broken model that we've set up where we just get stuck in free content creation mode and 60% of the podcasts that get launched never make it past episode seven. And uh, I want to try to stop that. I want to try to do everything I can to educate you and help you. I've made over a million dollars from podcasting, and I want you to be able to understand the financial freedom that you can find from monetizing your podcast as well. It can replace your full-time job, and it can even give uh, some of your family members and close friends and other people that are important to you some financial security as well. So today I wanted to talk to you about, I think we'll start with uh, the latest thing that's happening right now. Facebook just made an announcement recently that now we're going to have Facebook podcasts and you can put your RSS feed right on your Facebook page or Facebook. uh, I don't think it's a group, just a page. And uh, people can listen seamlessly right inside the Facebook window, which could be a great thing because a lot of us that have been trying to promote on social media for a long time are pretty peeved. That every time we put an episode into Facebook and put a link in there, that Facebook strangles the reach of that post and they suppress it. And most of the people that even follow us or want to hear or see our content are not shown the content that we just put out there. So Facebook, as of June 22nd, there are limited people that they are rolling it out to. They're starting, obviously, Facebook does everything but they start with the most important influencers first. And then they roll it down to the rest of us little peons (laughs) at some point in time. We get it after everyone else has tried it and broken it or whatever. So there's always some talk when these things come out. And to be honest, you know, some of the skepticism and all that sort of thing is warranted. I think people, the comments I've heard so far are, be sure you read the terms and conditions very carefully before you do this, because it gives Facebook the right to Put ads on your content and gives them the right to do all these different things. Then I've also heard there's some concerns about certain people don't want to be censored by Facebook. They don't want their content censored or whatever. And so they're worried that they're in that segment that Facebook has a vendetta against or whatever the terminology is, but they're trying to suppress their free speech. And I've just heard all kinds of things. And here's the thing we don't pay for Facebook. You get it for free. The billions of other people that use Facebook, we all get it for free. It's a platform. Now, Facebook would not be a successful company if they didn't make money somewhere. So they make money through advertising. They make money through gathering marketing data that they can then allow other businesses to tap into to advertise. So we understand whenever we're, you know, whenever you're using a free platform, there's got to be mechanisms in place for that platform to make money. And you've probably heard the old adage, what does it go? It's like, if you don't know what product a company is selling, you're probably the product, right? And so it's the same kind of thing with uh, podcasts. Like if you, if you're the company you're using for hosting doesn't have a hosting plan that you can buy from them, then you're probably the product and they're actually selling access to your platform and your product in exchange for giving you free hosting, So there's a lot of things like that you really have to think about. And I hate to say it and I'm going to just going to say it. I don't mean to it's not trying to be ugly, but I see so many podcasters that like they want only free tools and every tool they want to use. They want it to be free, but they want it to have like the best features and the latest upgrades and they want it to be able to do all these different things and jump through all these hoops and perform all these amazing tasks and all this stuff. But they want the tool to be free. So first of all, we need to align our expectations. But what you need to realize is with Facebook, the, basically one of the things that right now is an issue is that if you like, for example, if you publish with Libsyn, there's a way that you can connect your Facebook. And for those of you that don't know this, you might want to try it or you might just want to wait till you're offered up the RSS feed option with Facebook. But if you use Libsyn as a host. They have a feature where they can connect directly to your Facebook page or group and or personal profile. And every time you publish an episode on Libsyn, what they'll do is they'll take your artwork and they'll take your MP3 file and they will convert it into a video file. And that can be uploaded directly into your Facebook feed as a video, a native video inside of Facebook. It can also take that same video and then push it to your YouTube channel as a native video inside YouTube. And so basically what that means is it's a post that's created inside your Facebook feed that does not have an external link linking out. Like people can actually hit play inside the timeline in Facebook and actually begin listening to your show. And then if they continue scrolling, the video will go to the thumbnail size and it'll stay active in the the lower window and they can keep scrolling through and listening to your show. And so many of us have already been, publishing our shows that way and putting them out there on Facebook. But Facebook doesn't necessarily always give us all the love for that. But because they're now doing and and the other part is that when people listen to that audio on Facebook, it doesn't get counted in your stats in your RSS feed. So like if 100 people every single week listen to your show from what I just described on how you're publishing from Libsyn to Facebook, that 100 people that are listening don't count into your Libsyn RSS feed stats because it's a native video embedded in Facebook and it's not tracking back to your RSS feed. Anyway, don't mean to get too technical on that. So you're missing out on the stats of whoever's listening to you on Facebook. But the way, from what I understand, Facebook is doing now is they're going to be allowing, as it comes available, they're going to be allowing you to connect your RSS feed. And so because you're, it's tracking back to your RSS feed, you should be able to get stats. And it might take a minute for some of the hosting platforms to catch up, but it shouldn't be that much different than how they report stats right now because it's all tracked back to RSS feed. But we're hoping that Facebook will maybe give a little better reach organically from the posts that people put up or the RSS uh, feed updates that happen whenever you put your podcasts out there. But the other thing to consider, too, is people get all been out of shape about, you know, oh, well, now they can put commercial stuff on your podcast. Well, every platform does that. You know, everyone's dying to get into Spotify, but you'll have ads on the front and back end of your Spotify show. You get on a bunch of different platforms. You get on there for free. It doesn't cost anything to distribute your content. But they're going to sell your content and put ads on the front and back end. And you just need to understand that's part of the deal. And the way you get around that is you find paid services that will charge you instead of charging advertisers. Right. And most people don't want to pay that price. So we go with the free distribution in exchange for the ad model and they make the money and you don't. So that's just the way the nature of things right now. So, okay. so do I think it's a bad thing? You should not put your show on Facebook. No, if it's offered to you, I say anywhere you can get free distribution for your podcast is never going to be a bad thing. And, you know, it might be that your show at some point in time will get interrupted by Facebook to put an ad in there the same way they do videos and other things. They just insert them in the in the middle of the video. And, you know, that can definitely happen. You're giving away Or you're agreeing to the terms where they're going to probably do that. And so you just understand that on that platform. Now that ad will only play on that platform and not affect anything else in your feed. But that's what you're agreeing to. I also get and I hear other clients tell me all the time um, about these different um, networks. I even saw a lady the other day talking about, you know, in a Facebook group, who's had experience with networks. I'm looking to monetize my show and I want to get with a network that's going to help me monetize and promote my show and help my show grow. And there are as many different network models as there are podcast formats, as there are podcast distribution channels, as there are podcasters. I mean, there are so many different models for podcast networks. And while I can't speak to all of them the majority of the ones I have seen, like a lot of times you end up having to pay to be on someone's network. You as a podcaster pay and the podcast fees that you're paying to be on a network could be that they're covering your hosting. Some of them even include production. They cover the editing and all that kind of stuff. And some of them, I mean, there's just so like I said, there's so many ways to do this. I've seen them before where you don't pay and they just want you to be a part of their network and then they're going to go and try to get advertisers for the network. And so you might get sort of like fractional sponsorship, like they might have a sponsor that says, I want to be on all your shows and I'm willing to pay this amount. And so they're like, okay, that's great. So you make $120 in a month because you had a sponsor put an ad on your show. So that happens. And then you also have podcast networks where you pay. You actually pay to be on the network. Um, I'm not going to mention any names of them, but some of them you pay up to like $3,000 a year. I mean, it can be significant. And then they leverage your podcast to try to get more sponsors. The problem with a lot of these is that people are not listening to them through the network. So in other words, like it's a it's the chicken and the egg conundrum. As a podcast network, can you get listeners to your network without having a bunch of shows on it? No, but if you can go to get the podcasts and you say to podcasters, put your show on our network, then they do that. But then you still have to go out and get the listeners. And a lot of times that's what doesn't happen, because the reality is people listen to podcasts however they're going to listen to podcasts. If you have a podcast that is a lot of people on Spotify are listening to. If you remove your podcast from Spotify, you're probably not going to get those listeners to switch over and listen to you on Apple Podcasts. They're just going to find something else on Spotify where they listen to shows to replace your show. Same thing with the conundrum with um audio versus video. Some people are like, Well, I just want to do video podcast. And it's like, well, you can do that. It's not technically a video podcast if you just put it on YouTube. Like a podcast denotes an RSS feed and that podcasting technology. But what happens is if you find people in your niche that are already consuming video, they might consume your video podcast. If you find people that are already consuming audio podcasts, they might consume your audio podcast. But you're never going to take someone that exclusively listens on audio and suddenly only provide them with video on YouTube and expect them to follow you there. This isn't like a hairdresser that you follow all over town. I always always joke about that because like, you know, you find the hairdresser that finally or that we call the beauty stylist or whatever you call it that finally cuts your hair right. And what do they do? It's like every six months or every year they're changing salons and they rent a booth in a different place and that one closes down. Then they move here and move there. Well, you follow them around town because, you know, your hair is going to be jacked up if you try to go and find a new person. But it's not so much the case with podcasts and podcast listeners. They're going to be already listening to whatever platform they're on. So you're not really going to convert them. The same thing, if I think about it, with Apple just announced sponsorships. I'm sorry, I should say subscriptions. Too many S words, but I, they just announced subscriptions. So you could have a subscription-only podcast on Apple. Well, if you do that, there's probably very few people that are going to go from an Android phone and they're going to go buy an iPhone just so they can listen to your podcast. No, it's only going to be available to people that have an iPhone. So roughly 40 something percent of the market is iPhones and the rest of the market is Android. And you're alienating half of your listening audience by only having a subscription available on Apple podcast. Now, Apple does it because they want you to exclusively have a subscription model on their platform. Because that means if you have a big enough following, those people might come to you or might come to them to listen to your show. So you have to understand that, um, like, there's always a play with these things. And so would I recommend any of my clients do Apple subscriptions? Absolutely not. The only exception to that would be, like, I have a friend that works at a podcast hosting company and he has a podcast specifically about the Apple iPhone operating system and all the features. And he gives you updates and he keeps in in tune with the latest features and what they're going to be doing, what they're rolling out and all this kind of stuff. Now, his podcast is listeners are probably exclusive iPhone users because no one else cares. If you're an Android user, you're not going to listen to a podcast about the iOS operating system. So maybe he has a case for making a subscription podcast on Apple, but most people don't. And I think what Apple's wanting to do is get into a point where they're producing some original content, much like Spotify does. And the same way with like, you know, back in the day, Howard Stern moved his radio show to Sirius. was that the name of it? Sirius FM or XM? Something like that. Anyway, it was on one of those satellite radio shows, uh, radio networks. And what happened is, you know, he lost a significant amount of listeners that do not have that subscription service. But he gained some probably within the base of subscribers that they already had. Same thing, Joe Rogan just moved his show from normal podcast land to exclusive Spotify content, and Spotify paid him handsomely for his show. So he's stuck in a contract with Spotify now, so you can only find his podcast on Spotify. So for you and me that don't have those big followings or whatever, it's probably very like unlikely that we are going to change someone's listening behavior. So we also have seen it time and again happen where people come up with these platforms. PodCoin was one a while ago that tried to gamify listening to podcasts. So what they did, they came out with a platform. They said, claim your show. You get that a lot. Claim your show on our platform. And then that way they have your email address and they have, you know, you as a registered user, right? So they can go to investors and say, you know, we have, you know, 200,000 registered users or whatever, whether you're active on the platform or not. But you claim your show. They count you. You have an account set up for you. And what happens is they tried to gamify listening to podcasts and they did it and it was like you know there were it, they showed the podcasters they gave you actually email addresses of people uh, you know the contact information of the people that subscribed to your show and listening and they had leaderboards for and you would get rewarded like little bitty few cents here if you you know for every podcast hour you listen to it was like the equivalent of a nickel or something like that i mean it was it's funny now that i think about it but what happened is everybody went all in on that not everybody but the A big group of podcasters went all in on that. And then like literally within six months of it launching, it got acquired by another software company and it no longer exists. They just wanted that technology. They wanted it to use it for something else. And so a lot of people are doing that sort of podcast network where we want to get so many shows on our network and then we can attract listeners. And the problem is that's not really how listeners really work. I was wanting to set up a a network of shows. Now, the network of shows I was wanting to set up were all geography based for the Florida Keys. And, um, you know, that way using a group of shows about a specific destination that's a highly traveled or highly sought after vacation spot, which is where I live, that I could uh, potentially get a lot of advertisers. Well, just as we were getting ready to do that, COVID hit and (laughs) the Florida Keys closed down and put a roadblock up and unless you were a property owner, you could not get in and out of there. So it kind of served no purpose to have a network of shows where you were depending on advertiser revenue to try to monetize these shows to keep them going. I've also seen shows, um, the Horse Radio Network, my friend Glenn has that one and his model is different. He actually, you know, he has to want you to be on his network and then he has to want you enough that he's going to be able to pay you as a host a flat rate per show for putting out a show. And then your show gets distributed by him. He takes care of all the editing. He takes care of, you know, getting advertisers and that sort of thing. And you get a cut of advertising. And then there's also on their network, they have a tip jar. And so the tips are something that he, um, every Month or whatever divides among all the hosts on the show. So there's, like I say, there's a lot of different models for it. And so I can't say all networks are bad and all networks are good or whatever, but you really need to look at a couple of things before you make a decision about where to put your show. Number one, you want to look at exclusivity. Is that show one? I mean, if that network wanting your show, exclusive on their network and not distributed anywhere else, well that's a problem for most people unless they're willing to pay for it. If they're willing to pay you to produce an exclusive show, then definitely entertain that and see if it's worth your time to do that or if it's meets your needs to do that. But the other part is you need to look at that network. A lot of times you can look at that network's um, website. Or even if they have an app, you can look at their app rankings within the Apple ecosystem or the Android ecosystem and see how many times that podcast app has been downloaded. That gives you an idea. You know, if it's been downloaded 300 times, that might indicate 300 avid users. If it's been downloaded, you know, 150,000 times, then that's a much different ballgame. Like that's a good, you know, a good platform. Then you also want to look at their website and you can do like Alexa rankings for websites for, you know, whatever URL you can find what their global ranking is and even their ranking in the U.S. and find out if that website's getting a lot of traffic. There's, you know, I've had shows before that have gone and signed with different networks and they pay a lot of money to be on them every year, like $3,000 or whatever to be on them. And the network basically says we that means we can put ad spots on your show and they do that and put ads on your show. And then the downloads never really go up like the show never really increases in downloads. So it's not like they're bringing listeners to your show. What you're doing is creating advertising inventory for them and you're paying them to do that. And then they try to make it seem like there's some sort of prestige or something about being accepted into this particular network or that particular network. And we've accepted you. Now you're in the elite, you know, group of podcasters or whatever, but your downloads never really go up. And then before long, you're like, why am I doing this? I haven't seen the jump because clearly the network has got to bring listeners to the show in order for you to benefit from it. And the thing is, if all they bring is advertising, but you have a very small download base anyway, for what you're just going to get pennies on the dollar for advertising. I mean, you can go with a podcast host like a Spreaker or I think even Anchor does it now where they monetize, like they basically monetize their whole catalog. And so they give you like those pennies per listen <laughs> that that I was talking about are fractional cents per download. And so then what happens is you might go, hey, this month I had a great month. I made $18. I have a podcast in, that was in our network we were doing and it had Spreaker as the host and that host anywhere. I mean, it, he probably never had more than a couple thousand downloads per month, but he might make anywhere from $8 to I think a high of like $19 one time. Well, Not enough to make a difference in anyone's life. Right. I mean, that's not going to barely will buy you, you know, you and your spouse a coffee date at the coffee shop. Right. So just understand a a network is probably not going to be the panacea to monetizing your show and making you financially independent. And so the more they try and I see incarnations of networks all the time and I'm, I'm definitely not poo pooing them because they can be a good thing depending on what you have. I mean, I think the beauty is is that with a, I'm sorry, a network that has a collective of shows that are in the same niche, you can leverage the power of the collective to go and get sponsors to spread out across the entire network that you would never be able to get individually for your shows on their own merit or on their own downloads. You just don't have enough to leverage. And so that's one of those things where I think you really have to look at it. There's very few times whenever my clients have sent me sort of these questions about should I do this? Should I do that? Should I, should I, should I? Do you know about this? What about this offer? that I've actually said, oh, that sounds like a good thing. Take it. Most of the time, it's not worth whatever trouble that it's going to cause the podcaster. And there's some red flags to be aware of is when you have to change your hosting to be on a network, then that means you probably no longer own your RSS feed that that network now owns your RSS feed. So be careful with that. You also have to think about it from a perspective of could you as an individual show go get your own advertising that you solely benefit from? Many times if you're in a network and you bring an advertiser, that network gets a cut of the advertiser that you went and got. So it might not be as much as you get, but they still get a cut of it. They still get your hand up in your pocket. At the same time, You have to look at what's being provided. If you're paying right now for podcast production and somebody's willing to do your podcast production for free in exchange for that, then it might be that you maybe should consider it. I've also had people that have come to me after leaving a particular network like that where they had crazy ads in their shows and it was all it was just all ads for the network. It wasn't really outside sponsors. So while they paid so much for podcast production And then they got advertising put on their show that wasn't really in alignment with their niche. And then they never really got any benefit from it. In the end, it created a problem because we had to untangle their RSS feed from that network and we had to set up new RSS feeds. And then at the same time, we then had to go in and edit out the baked in advertisements that that network had put on shows. And so talk about a nightmare scenario that is one. So I you know you just have to look at everything but understand that all of these platforms and all of these places where you can distribute your shows, they're all going to have terms of service that you have to agree to terms and conditions and probably most of them whether they're doing it now actively or not are going to say that they're allowed to put advertisements on the beginning or end of your show or they're allowed to, like you put a YouTube video up, and if you are eligible for YouTube advertising, you don't really get to have a lot of control over who puts an ad on your YouTube video, right? So it's the same thing. You don't really have control over who puts an ad on your front end or back end of your show with a lot of these networks. So you gotta read it all and understand it. Try to talk to people that are within the network. See how long they've been there. I've seen many, many networks go under, In the my day, and it's because many of them don't have a solid plan for how to grow and market the podcasts, and it's just a different kind of animal to try to monetize, especially through growing downloads and growing uh, the audience, because each show generally has its own individual RSS feed, and then the network might have one RSS feed that everything rolls up into. I don't know how that works, but, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's it's because it's podcasting is so distributed. It's very difficult for you as a podcaster to get a lot of benefits from these types of things. Doesn't mean they're all bad. There's probably some you should be on, but ones that, um you know, take over your feed or make you change hosting, don't let you go out and get your own advertisers. The other thing is, you know, ask what they're bringing to the table. You know, ask to see numbers where they have grown downloads. Ask to see numbers where they've grown listeners or subscribers to the network. Ask to see that. They're going to ask for your stuff, so you need to see theirs. At the same time, you don't want anybody having any ownership of your content. You don't want anyone having any restriction on your ability to go get your own advertisers. And you definitely don't want to be giving up any distribution places for your podcast in lieu of having it on a network if that network is not promising you certain download numbers um, or certain growth numbers. And so you definitely check it all out. You know, if you if you get in a situation where you're approached by somebody and, and I hate to say it, but podcasting is still sort of the wild, wild west. And so there's a lot of opportunistic people that think podcasting is a way to make easy money and Get you to somehow give them a certain amount of money to do something that may or may not happen, whether it's promoting your show on iTunes to get you in the charts or other things. And so if you get an offer and you really don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing or steer clear or check into it more and you want to run it by me, I'm happy to take a look at it. You can just email me at Christy at teampodcast.com. And then also I wanted to let you know that if you need a uh, podcast tune-up, I've created a podcast tune-up that you can get where we'll essentially take a couple of weeks and dive deep into your show, look at the back end, look at the front end, look at the format, look at everything that you're doing, look at what your business model is, and try to just give you some next steps, some tweak things, get you collecting more emails, get you getting more downloads, being optimized in the search engines, and then also having some next steps to monetization that you can begin taking so that you're not just getting stuck in free content creation mode. So you can do that. Now, the other thing that I wanted to um, talk to you about real quickly, whenever we think about these different places that uh, I've kind of talked about networks and uh, Facebook and other distribution channels and exclusivity and all these kind of things. One of the things that I wanted to encourage um, growing a podcast listenership is It's not really best done on social media. And I'll I'll tell you why. It's because most of the time, people that are on social media, they're not always the same people that listen to podcasts. So when you think about listening to podcasts and who's already doing it, like the way to grow your listenership is to get in front of more people that are your ideal listener that are already listening to podcasts, right? So this is why a few podcasters getting together with similar download numbers and similar audience profiles to do audience or to do promo swaps, are, it's a great idea. It's a fantastic way. So let me just tell you how something like this would work. You would basically say, okay, I get 8,000 downloads a month on my show. You get 9,000 downloads a month to your show. That's roughly the same. You know, we've got approximately give or take the same number of downloads. So let's each put a pre-roll on there where I'm saying to my listeners, hey, listeners, if you are if you like my show, you're also going to like this person's show. They talk about this, that, and the other. Go listen to them wherever you listen to podcasts. And maybe that's a pre-roll that you guys put on your shows and maybe you take it down after 30 days or something like that. Maybe you leave it baked in. If you're not using dynamic ad insertion, you're probably going to have to leave it in. But even if you're using a host like a, a Buzzsprout or something like that, you can do pre-rolls and post-rolls very easily through their no extra charge. They kind of call it a, I can't remember what they call it. It's not dynamic ad insertion, but it's like a content promotion or something like that. And they'll they'll do that on pre-roll and post-roll. But put something out there to other people. And so then you're already getting in front of people that are listening to podcasts. They're your ideal listener. And don't look at those other podcasts as a competitor Look at them as a collaborator because there's most of the time more content, you know, that's going to be put out that will be something that your avatar, your ideal listener will be gravitating toward. They're going to find the other content anyway. And it's just best if you can use the leverage of that host and that audience to go and advertise and do a podcast swap. And that's going to put you in front of your listeners going to put you in an ideal situation where people can find you but then it doesn't cost you anything because you're basically doing a trade-off. You're doing a zero dollar value only value for value trade-off and that kind of thing can really help grow your audience without you having to take on a risk of trying to join a network to grow. I, I don't even like having to be on social media and I definitely don't want you paying for social media ads to try to get downloads to your podcast. You know, you might as well sign up for a billboard on a street and hope that at least a certain percentage of cars are listening to podcasts because that's kind of how successful you'll be with trying to get social media ads to lead to downloads. So those are just some tips that I wanted to give you to try to help and talk to you a little bit about the growth opportunities. You're going to be getting faced with more of these. You're going to be hitting, getting hit with some, you know opportunities for promotion. You're going to be getting hit with network opportunities. You're going to be getting hit with claim your listing, claim your podcast, claim your listing here type opportunities. And uh, you need to know how to evaluate them before you make the wrong move that could cost you in the end. So I hope it's been helpful. If I can help you answer any of these questions, you can just email me, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, I spell it the right way, I'm just kidding. I say that all the time because there's like 32 ways to spell Christy, but it's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at teampodcast.com. And again, if you need a podcast tune-up, if you've been thinking about rebranding, if you feel like you're just bored with your podcast, if you feel like you are tired of it, feel like it needs a refresh, you're just, maybe you've even had a podcast that's been on hiatus for a while and you know you need to bring it back, but if you bring it back the same way you left it, it's still not going to meet your goals. Podcast tune-up is the exact Thing you need to get it freshened up, get you on the path to getting more downloads, more email opt-ins, and also knowing the next steps to take to begin monetizing your show. So hope that helps and I will see you next time. Thanks again for spending time with me today. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join and then I'll see you on the inside.